Hey folks, it's Jeremy, the host of Blamo. Thanks so much for listening. This is a preview of one of our exclusive shows on Patreon. These are member-supported shows, meaning they only happen because of our incredible members and community. So check out a preview of the episode, and if you like it, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive Blamo episodes, shows, our amazing Slack group, and we're adding new things for members all the time. If not, no worries, we still love you, and we literally have hundreds of episodes of Blamo all free for you to dive into. Thanks so much. Hi, my name is Derek Guy. You might know me from Twitter or sometimes called X as the menswear guy. I'm a menswear writer and we're doing a new menswear podcast with my friend Peter Zatolo. I'm Peter Zatolo. I'm a union electrician here in Local 6, San Francisco, IBEW. You may know me on Instagram as Urban Composition. I'm the U.S. editor for Swedish magazine Plaza Uomo. I've written for, oh, a few things online. But I've known you, Derek, for... Has it been 10 years? I mean, when was the first time we met online maybe 15 years ago? Has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah. We met on Style Forum and became friends. And then we went out to go get a burger at a, uh, at a restaurant. And then a couple of the places that we went to no longer exist. Rest in peace because of COVID. Oof. Yeah. So, um, so we, we met online on, on style form and, um, yeah, I've been, been friends since. And, um, we've always talked about doing possibly a, a menswear podcast, um, because especially during, even before COVID, but especially, um, during COVID when you could go still sit outside and, and have a chat, we would, um, get together to just chat about men's clothing. So I think it was your idea to do a podcast and, uh, yeah, figured we'd, we'd record something. And here we are years later. Here you both are, right? So, hey, I'm Jeremy. I'm Jeremy Kirkland. If if you do or don't know me, I host a podcast called Blamo, and Derek was doing a podcast with with us for a while. And a uh, big part of this is uh, Derek and Peter are going are going to the masses, so they're getting their own show, and uh, it's going to get pretty nuts. So I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be a fly on the wall. Sometimes you'll hear me. Most of the times you won't. Um, but I'm just I'm just amped to hear you two legends chat it out. Ah, oh, come on. Now I'm you're, serious. You're too, this will be nice. good. Yeah. Now, um, you're currently in New York right now, right? No, right now I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, so, yeah, I'm in New York. I used to live in New York for a super long time, and uh, now I'm there like once a month, you know, like many people, I moved, my family and I moved during COVID. And uh, yeah, now I'm just living, living near the, the, the gateway to the West, guys. Um, what do you go fine. out to New York so often for? For business? For, for the pod, for Blamo, actually. And yeah, oh, wow. for, I do some consulting for some, for some uh, menswear companies and uh, like fashion companies. So I'm out there with, you know, clients and stuff like that. So, you know, just, just trying to keep the, the lights on and the health insurance still going. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Oh, so, America. Yeah. yeah, right? Glad we're here. But I'm, <laughs> I'm excited that you guys are doing this. Uh, some of these folks have listened to Derek's show before. Some folks are coming here from Twitter. Some folks are coming from all over the place. But um, we're going to form like Voltron here and, uh, and re- really, get, really get nuts. And so, unite. Yeah. That being said... I'd love to hear what's what's kind of going on with you two. What's what's been happening in your guys' lives other than reminiscing over your burgers? 
I've been working on some new articles. I'm currently working on an article about uh, Jerry Brown's style and shockingly stylish. If you look up photos of him, especially when he was young. And uh, yeah, I think California is unique in that it's produced three stylish governors. And I know I always get heat for saying this online, uh, but that includes Ronald Reagan. And um, Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, is the third. So, uh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, that was. A I, bit I, of a I was going to count Gavin Newsom, but uh, Gavin Newsom sometimes goes. Well, he often not sometimes. He often goes around in a dark worsted suit and no tie, and I think he would look better with a tie. Um, and of course, part of the appeal is just that he's a really handsome dude. But Jerry Brown, I would say Jerry Brown, uh, Ronald Reagan, and um, Gavin Newsom are probably three of California's most stylish governors. Can I ask why you decided to start writing about governors of California? Just out of curiosity. Well, this is PBS is doing a, a documentary on Jerry Brown and um, they sent me a, a press preview and said, do you think there's anything interesting here about his clothing? And at first I was like, I ah, probably not. Um, but I, <laughs> you know, I said, I'll watch the documentary. I mean, whatever. And then throughout the documentary, they showed some photos of him. I'm like, wow, he's surprisingly stylish. Um, especially again, especially when he's young. And yeah, I, I said, one of the interesting things that I think about his style is that if you look through his photos, especially in the seventies when he was governor, he wore things like double-breasted suits, pinstripe suits, uh, three-piece suits. And that was just such an odd... One, it's an odd thing for a politician, even, even in the 70s, even before the range of men's tailoring narrowed to the degree that it has. But it's also odd in that this is post-Watergate. There was a lot of backlash against Republicans. And even right after the war, the suit was tied to the establishment. And I think it was so peculiar that a Democrat politician dressed like this kind of in these clothes that I think would be coded as very, very conservative and kind of almost a lobbyist, kind of like rich fat cat today. And he was, you know, he, he didn't win the presidency when he when he sought the nomination, but he was uh, elected for governor and then came back again as as governor. And you know, I, I just think that's really interesting that a tumultuous time in the 70s when people really hated tailored clothing and and associated with kind of the failures of government and institutions. Um, there was this Democrat governor who talked about fresh ideas and young people and bringing the state together and progressive ideas like, you know, the environment, climate change, diversity, all these things. And he was dressed in these really kind of what today would be considered very conservative clothes. And I think even back then, very kind of establishment clothes. Um, I mean, a double-breasted suit on a politician, double-breasted blazers, pinstripes, all very, very sh shockingly statement-ish. So yeah, so I'm writing a, a story about um, Jerry Brown's surprisingly cool style in the 70s at a time when it was probably, I mean, not to be too melodramatic about it, but sort of like the last gasp of tailored clothing. Came back in the 80s a little bit, but, you know, really after the mid-90s, when business casual set in, it was, these were like the waning years of, of tailoring. So yeah, Whoa. that's what I've been working on. Did you ever see the movie The Candidate with Robert Redford? Yes. Yeah. So that kind of follows a similar track, and I think it was more or less around the same time, where he starts out being a very, for lack of a better term, wild stallion of a candidate. But as he progresses, he realizes that he has to change. And that is exemplified, among other things, through his dress. So you can see his progression through the movie, not just in his actions, but also in his style of dress. Super interesting as you go through 
his time as a candidate from the beginning to the end. Hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I think that these kind of these older candidates are, again, not to be too melodramatic about it, but I really do think that like the last kind of thread that we have to that generation that was familiar with tailoring on a and ward on a regular basis. Mitt Romney announced today that he's not running for another term. And um, I know he gets a lot of hate online. And but he, he, I mean, speaking purely about clothes, um, he wears tailored clothing fairly well. So does like Joe Biden. Um, I think they wear it better than their younger um, political counterparts like Matt Gates and George Santos. And I think it's, you know, I mean, again, not to be too melodramatic about it, but it's, it's going to be a shame when these kind of these guys eventually retire, pass on. Um, Cause I, I think there was something really special about that period of dress. Derek, I think it's interesting to me that you, you like to find these sort of hidden style icons. Like you're not, you're not like writing the next article about why Paul Newman had whatever style or, you know, the, the classic sort of, you know, non-style icon style folks. I mean, this is really like you're you're scraping around finding just kind of <laughs> somewhat of these like everyday sort of people who uh who reach for the stars. I I do love the fact that you're 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 taking the risk and profiling, you know, political people, which uh is is gonna be lots of lots of interesting responses from this. But man, I'm I am I am amped to to hear this i get i get i get a lot of hate for mentioning that i think ronald reagan's a stylish guy and um no he was i'm bad bad guy when i did that king of spain thread a few people got really up in arms about i'm supporting monarchism and all this stuff but i'm just talking purely about clothes and i think it's yeah i mean ronald reagan was a stylish guy that doesn't necessarily mean he was a good person i mean you know i think that's one of the things that we should always separate from clothing a lot of people assume that just because you're a good person you're stylish or because you're not stylish you're a bad person these are just clothes to me but yeah ronald reagan and jfk i would say are are two most stylish american presidents what do you what have you been up to peter oh i just finished a long run of work here in san francisco i've been working the trade shows as an electrician and we're having a bit of a pause but starting tomorrow I'll go back to work. And it's great. It is a wonderful line of work. Are there other electricians on your site that are really into clothes? That's a good question. Mm, yes and no. Dudes in general on the job site are very aware of how other dudes dress. Whether or not they care is something else entirely. Some care, some don't. But if you walk in with something other than what everyone's wearing. Oh yeah, you'll you'll hear it. You're like, hey, nice pants. What are you wearing? <laughs> uh, oh, your boots. What is, are what new, is an example? What's or... an example of something that would attract negative or attract attention? Oh man, new boots. First thing, that's what people look at. They'll see or new pants. Anything new, they'll just... yeah. <laughs> people will go out of Guys their just way like to, bust balls. to dirty it. They'll be like, hey, nice, right. nice new boots, and they'll step on them, or they'll pour concrete on them, or they'll <laughs> rub them against drywall dust, and they'll be like, okay, now it looks better. Um, some guys are hyper aware of new boots and clean jeans because they know that that's someone who is not uh, a proper construction worker. They're like, oh, he must be from the office, or oh, he must be one of the architects, or whatever. And yeah, they'll notice, but whether or not they care is something else entirely. The guys that do, they may pull you aside and say, hey, I, I know you like suits. I'm getting ready to go to a wedding or I want to take my wife out on a date. I want to step it up. Um, I want to wear something other than my car hearts. So some care, some don't. Um, 
more of the younger generation do. Um, I, and it's because for better or for worse, um, it's all around us. It's all on our feeds. It's all online. It's all on TV. Whereas the older generation, how you dressed was a direct reflection of who you are. So if you are a tradesman, then that's how you dress even at home. Nowadays, it's a little bit different. Obviously, you can wear whatever you want. And the younger generation understands that you can dress as a construction worker and then you can go out and you can dress in a dress. And that's just how you are, whatever. So the younger generation is a little more aware of that and cool with however people dress. But I'm not going to lie. The majority of, of guys don't care. They're aware of it, but they don't care. Yeah, it's reasonable. Is there something that you're interested or excited to wear this fall? Me, yes. I am really into, and this is a terrible thing to get into because it's terribly expensive, shirling. And the minute it gets, <laughs> <laughs> the minute it gets cold, and I say cold very loosely because cold in San Francisco is 60, but it never really gets below 40. Like when you would actually wear a shirling <laughs> coat <laughs> as it's intended to, it's actually kind of funny putting it on, but it's such a wonderful thing to, I prefer them more than down. The same reason why people put on big sweaters or they put on a fluffy down coat. I like shirling for those reasons. It's like a warm, soft cuddle from a garment. If I could wear pajamas made out of shirling, I would. I think people assume that you have to wait till it gets to the forties, but I find shirling totally fine in the sixties. Yeah, it's, it's surprisingly not as, I think some people think you have to live in this like frigid kind of climate, but yeah, I find even <laughs> 60s or even low 60s is, is totally, is totally comfortable. Um, if you're layering it over like a, even a, like a sweatshirt or something, a t-shirt even works depending on the style. Yeah. I think shillings are, are really great, just expensive and can be difficult to clean. So you have to find like a specialist because it's not something yeah. you can just give to any dry cleaner because you have essentially it's fur coat essentially because it's got the animal's hair on it. So you have to find someone who can essentially clean a fur coat. A lot of shirling comes with a suede skin, which, man, once that gets stained, forget it. It's not coming off. Or right. getting it off makes it look worse than if you just leave the stain on. So you kind of have to be accepting of those kinds of things. It's the rare shirling jacket that comes with a hard leather skin side out. Um, and I'm not sure... If I'm not mistaken, they have to attach that. So naturally, the shirling, which is the outer layer of the skin, and I don't want to sound too disgusting because animals do have to die to produce these things, but uh, that's the outside of the skin. And so the underside would naturally be suede um, or uh, what's the term? Help me out here, Derek. Not suede necessarily, but is it rough out? Rough out is, is a type of suede. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the unshorn or it's the unskimmed underside of the skin, which again, sounds, I, I can't believe I'm actually saying that and it's making me cringe just saying it. But uh, if they have the hard outer side of the skin facing out, then I believe they have to sew that. And you don't, be, because it's so mm. expensive and a little more labor intensive, those kinds of jackets are generally more expensive. I like, I prefer the suede version. I think as long as you get it in a style that looks good, like it's got like a rugged kind of sense to it, then you don't mind the stains. Whereas if you get it from like Ralph Lauren purple label and it looks like the sort of thing you wear on a yacht, then you're going to be really bummed when that 
collar eventually gets stained from the oils on your neck. But if you get something from double RL, that's going to be the kind of like, you know, like ranch jacket, rugged kind of style that looks fine stained. Yeah. It, it might even look better a little bit stained because <laughs> then it looks quote unquote, you know, like not to use a pointy word, but it looks a little bit more authentic, you know? So I, I think as long as you buy it in a style and you know that it's going, you know, if you buy any suede jacket, it's not, it's not just shareling, but any suede jacket's going to show marks. Like when you touch the pockets, the oils from your hands going to transfer over. And yeah, as long as it's, gonna, it's in a style that looks good, rugged and stained, I, I think you sh- can welcome it. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just, I'm laughing at what you said. Uh, <laughs> a shirling jacket on a yacht. I'm envisioning oh, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's entirely plausible. Uh, no one I know, but I could see it. Happen. <laughs> I'm into my, uh, continuing to buy jeans that I already have and don't need. That's, that's, that is my fall. That's, that's how you know that fall is getting started is, is, you know, like many people who are either listening to this or, or have been listening. It's like, I think a lot of people get into clothes through denim because it's, you know, it's so utilitarian. And then you realize that there's such a, a, a large uh, range of denim and different kinds of denim. And uh, I feel like that's, I always fall back to denim. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> what are you buying? Uh, I'm buying right now. I'm looking for, uh, please don't steal my eBay searches, folks. Uh, Levi's 517s made in the U.S. So the, the kind of like, like I have a bunch of old 501s, which is like the classic denim for folks. And then there's the 505, which is more of a straight cut with a very, very, very light taper. And it's a higher rise zipper fly. But then I've been getting more into the uh, 517s, which is like a slight flare to them. I don't know, that man. I, I'm feeling this, yeah. this. Yeah, I'm feeling the 70s vibe. And uh, yeah, I think so I've just been getting them. Is coming out or even, even, may have even already come out with their version of the 517. Bryceland's, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. they're doing their sort of like flared leg. The funny thing is, like one of the best jeans I ever owned. Shout out paper denim and cloth in the early aughts. Oh, they yeah. had they wow. had a really I good heard them flare. In a long time, yeah, they had they had a good flare, and then also, believe it or not, Diesel had a really good yes! uh, kind of like light flare jeans. It was called the Fanker. I um, had those. Yeah, it was a great gene, you know, because like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know what age we all are at, but I'm 38. And so when I was in high school and I was trying to get the, the sort of like, uh, cool flare, you know, emo punk rock thing, I was just buying girls jeans, like, like jeans for, you know, young teenage women. Where'd you buy them? Uh, I was buying them at Target, man. I was, I was buying Mud, I believe was the brand. It was M-U-D-D. Yes. So I was getting those, yeah, and that was like my cheap flared, you know, jean while I was while I'm working at Smoothie King or whatever, saving up to go <laughs> buy my uh, my diesel fankers. But yeah, so I don't know. I bought a bunch of jeans, and I think it's it's always a crapshoot buying on eBay. I mean, this could be a topic for another pod for you guys, but just like you know, you end up. It's funny because people are like, oh, I'm gonna buy stuff on eBay. I'm gonna buy stuff online because I'm gonna save yeah. all this money and I'm gonna get the right one. But like, I have bought real talk like six or seven pairs. And I think one of them is like, all right, this is the gene. So, I mean, when yeah. you add up how much I've spent, I don't know, I've probably spent almost $200 in, in you know, other genes. And so if anyone wants, uh, I got six other pairs of, of almost good enough. What my size, size 517s. I'm a, I'm a 33. So I'm a tough, 
Oh, I'm basically, it depends on, see the rise me. though is, yeah, the rise is where it gets nuts. Like, you know, I like an 11 inch rise or like a 11 and a half or 12 inch rise on like classic 501s. Yeah. But the 517s have a slightly lower rise. And um, so, yeah, I mean, and you know, I'm not the, uh, the perfect, perfect body here. Let's just be honest. So uh, I'm, I think I'm you're perfect, going- Jeremy. <laughs> Well, you got you guys are actually perfect, Mister D'Artagnan over there, and your freaking <laughs> cool guy, you know, double RL looking fit pics. But the uh, yeah, so I was just like, oh fuck, I was like, I gotta find the right the right jeans. So that's been my thing, doing that, and then I'm I'm lucky to get a couple personal orders from a few brands here and there, and so now I just am anxiously awaiting whatever bill I'm gonna owe of something I forgot that I ordered in January last year. So. Wait, That's am I wrong it. for thinking that Levi's re-released one of their boot cuts? Oh yeah, I mean Levi's have have they've been doing they've been re-releasing jeans for eons, right? But like it's always a slight tweak or they'll do like this is the washless denim or this is, you know, and like any sort of denim dork as uh, I would call myself, um I wanted the made in the US, I want the yellow tab or the or like the 1970s, 1980s, okay. you know, ones so wait so the 517 the 517 levi's made in the u.s want to hear the rest listen to the full episode and many more other exclusive episodes over on our patreon visit patreon.com forward slash blamo to sign up and join the blam fam you also get access to our exclusive members only slack group where we chat about this and a ton of other things so head over to patreon.com forward slash blamo and we'll see you there